Get ready. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I always feel like when I come here, it's home. It's very much like my church at home, and I always feel like, oh, I'm home. I can relax. I can put my feet up. I can take my shoes off, right? Because in Florida, we barely wear shoes. I know y'all have a little bit more of a challenge here, especially when it's snowing and everything, but yes, we barely wear shoes in Florida. So I'm excited to be here. I loved what's been brought so far with Pastor Jay and Pastor Jen. If you didn't hear it all, it's uh, on the Passion Church website, I mean, um, Facebook page. Make sure you go back and listen to it because there was impartation, there was anointing release, and it transfers just as good hearing it again as being in person. Although I am partial to in person. I have in-person issues. Everybody's like, let's do it on Zoom. I'm like, oh, can't we just meet? I just like the in-person part of it. So anyhow, so I got lots to talk about tonight, and uh, I don't know how much time, but are you guys ready to stay all night? Oh, don't kid me. Don't kid me. <laughs> I know how you slip out the side, you know, but yes, yeah. <laughs> I know how that works. So, um, yeah, I know how that works. But we're going to do some testimonies real quick. Does anybody have a testimony from this weekend? Come on. Let's hear it. So what's your testimony? What did Jesus do for you this weekend? It must be a swimming first place. He did what? Was swimming. Oh, you got to go swimming? Yes. Yes. swimming. I could have used some swimming. It's hot here. I'm from Florida, and it's hot here. What else? What else has Jesus done for you? Come on. Okay, then we're going home. We're closing the meeting. I'm serious. Come on, come on up, Jordan. You know, when we testify, what happens is it builds the faith of everyone who hears the testimony, and it actually moves you into the realm of breakthrough that they had because when one person, break, one person breaks through, we can all go in behind them, right? Um, this very morning, you um, prayed over me, and um, I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord filling me up. And also last night, I just all the ministers just praying over me. I felt just so much love of God, and I really appreciated that for you doing that. Awesome. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. Anybody else have a testimony? There's that baby. Got that testimony. I love it. I just wanted to say that um, my 20-year-old son has been uh, struggling and expressing that he's, you know, struggling and depression, and I had fallen into... Uh, well, it, you know, it comes from the family, and I was starting to speak like that. And the whole message this weekend has been about prophesying and speaking what we know is true. It, it might be true that he's struggling, but the truth is that we are free. And so this whole weekend has been a reminder to speak and prophesy over his life of what Jesus already did. That is awesome. That is awesome. Anybody else have a testimony? You want to share your testimony? Yes, I'm pointing at you. Come on. I am going to invite you up. Come on up. I'll help you. I'll help you. You know what? What happens in our church, we have testimony time. And if you don't volunteer, we volunteer you. My husband calls it, you've been voluntold. And my husband does the, the, all the testimonies. So do you want to share a little bit about what happened to you? How Jesus just really touched your heart? Um, <laughs> it's okay. They're going to be encouraged by what you oh, say. Yeah. And we are prepping it's you to be here. a It is hot up here, I know. It's very hot up here. And what happened was Pastor Clayton stole the fan. <laughs> and it's the Holy Spirit. I <laughs> guess. Um. Um, just being here and at my home church, it's um, been able to open my eyes up to a, a lot of love and a lot of like different type of feelings. So I guess he's helped me feel more happier 
with life and just the love of him and everyone around me. So. Awesome! And you know, I can just see you being that person on the street that just happens to catch the eye of someone who needs to encounter that love. And God's going to use you to help them encounter the love of Jesus. So be expectant. And what you'll do is you'll be like, why am I looking at that person? I don't know that person. I don't want anything to do with that person. And then you're just obsessed about sharing the love of Jesus with them. So get ready. God's going to use you. Okay. We're going to talk about the move of God. God is moving. Say, God is moving. And we've built a really strong foundation about how uh, to encounter God, what to do with God. But God is moving in these ways that I love, I am passionate about. And when I see when he's moving, I like to shout it. I like to tell everybody because what happens when one, people, one person sees what God is doing, it's like when one person has a breakthrough, then everybody else begins to see it too. It's like when you buy a white car, all of a sudden, all you see is white cars. When you see that Jesus is moving in healing or Jesus is doing this, then that's all you see is those opportunities for healing. It, it takes you and it moves you into what God is doing. It makes us a greater force. And uh, the Lord has been talking to me about new assignments. How many feel like they're on the verge of a new assignment or have just started a new assignment? How many don't have any idea what is going on because of this new assignment? Oh, y'all got it all figured out? Oh, no, there's a few of you. You know, when God starts moving you into assignment, what happens is there's a transition. And you start losing the momentum of the old thing you're doing because God is releasing you from it and moving you into something new. And we're going to talk about a couple of new assignments that he's releasing right now in this season. But, and then at the end, we're going to activate assignments for you. Because whether you feel it or not, God is positioning his people into specific areas, into specific regions. We've had two people move from Atlanta to come to our church because God has an assignment in our region. And so they moved to come down to be a part of the assignment that God has. Okay. We're going to get excited about this in a minute, right? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story. So uh, actually, myself and Pastor Jay, right? You just started your new TV show this year? Uh -huh, yeah. yeah, okay. So in March, okay? So they got a, a slide up there somewhere, I think. But anyhow, um, about 20 years ago, I'm a big dreamer. I love to dream. And I know that God wants us to dream with him, to really uh, start thinking of crazy things. I wrote a book, God's Dream for Your Life, because I, I just know that we don't dream big enough. What we think is so small and so minute, and God's like, really? Come on. So um, about 20 years ago, I wrote, maybe it's longer, I wrote a list of all the things I'd want to do. In fact, I started challenging people to have a hundred dream challenge. Do you have a hundred dreams that you'd like to see God partner with you to fulfill? Pastor Jen talked about that this morning. God is asking us to co-labor with him. Well, um, one of the things on my list was to have a TV show. And my mentor at the time told me, you are too old. You need to get another dream. I know, but you know, I trusted them. They helped me with a lot of different things. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I just kind of shelved it. So, um, I just thought, okay, you know, they know more, but no, God knows more. So, uh, at the end of last year, you know, I've been on TV a few times and done some stuff like that. Well, the end of last year, I get a prophetic word. And the prophetic word says that you are about to hit the airways. That God is going to use you. I have to tell you, I just want to share. There's a new assignment for you. There's a new assignment. So I am prophesying this over you. And it says um, there's an apostolic and prophetic remnant that God has called you to that's going to take to the airways. 
which includes media, social media, Christian television. It's a strategic assignment for this region and for this nation. So I got that word and I was like, whoa, here is that 20 year thought process starting to stir up, starting to burn. So then the people from CTN, Christian Television Network said, hey, would you like to do a TV show for me? And I was like, yes! So here's this dream that was shelved that became a suddenly because it was the perfect assignment in this time. So what are you dreaming about? What is stirring up inside of you? Because God has an assignment for you in this. So I started my TV show, um, I don't know, it's June 13th is when it started. I just filmed my second season because you have to, I go down there and I film 10 episodes in two days. Some of it's teaching, some of it's interviews, and I get to interview all these amazing people that God is moving, changing the region, changing the nation, changing the face of our education. You know, we all look and say, God's not doing anything, but if you keep your ear to the ground, you'll hear the rumble of heaven moving through our nation. Our government is changing. Our education is changing. Our, 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 our call to morality is changing. And what's happening is because it's changing, the demonic is raising up, trying to get our attention, saying, oh, my gosh, the, the country's going to hell in a handbasket. No, it's not. It's going to heaven in the hands of the kingdom people that are transforming the nation. So understand, whatever you're doing is making a mark on the kingdom for God. And if you aren't walking in your assignment, then God's just going to say, ask me what? And I will give it to you. And when I give it to you, don't say, oh, that can't be for me. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough time. I've never done that before. I've never done TV before, you know, like where I was responsible for everything. And you know what? There's such favor when the anointing of the Lord is on the assignment that he's given you. And every door is open. I went to film my second uh, season, and the Lord gave me a list of people's names to call to interview. And one of them, I'd met cursory for a moment. I'm like, I don't really know him, Lord. He goes, no, but you know people who do. So have their people call his people, and then he'll call you, and he did. So understand, when you're walking in your assignment, there's such a strong anointing of God's favor on your life. And every door will open for you. And the enemy will try to discourage you, because after I went down to do some preliminary filming in the very beginning, I came back, and a couple things happened. And I told my husband, I said, you know, honey, I'm not sure I'm supposed to really do this. He said, what? I said, yeah, I said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he looked at me and he's like, who is that talking? Because the enemy wants you to think you've misstepped. He wants you to think you're too late. He wants you to think that what God has opened for you is not really going to work out. And I was like, yeah, what am I thinking? Get off me, enemy. You know, we think that everything God invites us to do is going to be super easy. But it's not. But what it is, is it will get finished. God will complete the work that he started in you. So it may not, it may have trials. In fact, I had three things that were a big issue for this when we began the TV thing. And I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? And I talked to them about it, and they're like, I don't know. You think about it. Maybe you can figure it out. I was like, okay, I'm going to figure it out. That afternoon, they called me back, and they said, we figured it all out. And we're going to do this for you, and we're going to do this for you, and we're going to do this for you, and whatever you need, we're going to do. I'm like, I didn't even have to do anything. It's the favor of God when he opens that door. So there's new assignments being poured out like rain. And, you know, sometimes it happens so quickly. It's like a prophetic word. You know, sometimes when God gives you a word, it's, it happens in two or three seconds. And you just have to realize that that's God. 
And if I wait 10 minutes, I'll talk myself out of what God just spoke to me in what I was supposed to do. Because it was too quick. It was too brief. But God gives us to it in that soundbite, wanting us to grab a hold of it so we can get the bigger measure that he has for it. How many have gotten a soundbite from God and talked themselves out of actually stepping into it? And I can tell you, I have. And sometimes it's because I didn't think it was actually God. And sometimes I was just like, it was inconvenient. Has God ever given you something where it was just inconvenient? And you've, you've said, I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to pass this time, God. Yes, we all have. Don't, don't tell me. I know we all have. I have, anyhow, for sure. So we're going to um, look at a couple of scriptures but I want you guys to know that God is opening up a floodgate of revelation. And it comes different. You know, some people say, how do I get that floodgate? And I know uh, Pastor Jen talked about it today. It's, you know, we, we get into the word. We spend some time with the Lord. And sometimes those floodgates are eclectic. They come in like little dreams or visions or this sense that something's going to happen. But the more that we press into it, the more the revelation will expand. The more we'll get a greater understanding. You know, 1 Corinthians uh, 2 says that the Spirit of the Lord searches the deep things of God and it brings it and gives it to you. So when you open yourself up to these strange and unusual things that God's encountering with you, the Spirit will reveal the deeper things of it. Amen? Yes. It's a deep time. And it's a time for signs and wonders and miracles. Yes. It really is a time for signs and wonders and miracles. It's, it's just, we've seen it. I know uh, Pastor Jay shared about the one in the hospital. We're, we're seeing where God is moving. We can't explain it. We can't figure it out. We can't even define what has happened. We just know that there was a suddenly, and God did it, and no longer is it an issue for us, but it is a celebration for us. I want to read a couple of scriptures. The first one, because this is going to be part of our word uh, for, this, for the rest of this year. It says, and now, this is Acts 4, and I didn't give you this, so I'm just going to wing this for you. Acts 4, 29 through 31, it says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats. Who is threatening us? Our own thoughts? The enemy? You know, there is an unseen war going on around us that is trying to derail us. It says, look at their threats and grant to your servants um, to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and God is calling you to speak his word with boldness. So get ready. Get ready. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you how to do this because Jen and uh, Pastor Jay has already gone through that. You know, we, we write down our word that God's given us. We declare what he's going to say. We take action in where he indicates us to act. And then we watch the fulfillment of his word because that's what he does. But these are some of the things that are going on. First of all, we've, we have definitely seen, and we prayed about this at, uh, at the early meeting today, financial breakthrough. We've seen houses paid off. We've seen cars paid off. We've seen debts paid off. I shared one today where one of our family members, our, our church family, they've had $10,000 worth of debt paid off in the month of July. One was a forgiven debt, and the other one they received 5,000, so two 5,000s. We've seen delayed things released. Now, this has been going on for a long time. When I came last time, we had the couch anointing that I released over you guys. And if you weren't here, I'm going to tell you what it is. How many of you heard the couch anointing? Because 
she actually put a demand on that couch anointing and her couch that she was waiting for for seven months came in. I went to buy a couch and they said, oh, it's going to be, it was last August, a year ago. It, they said, oh, it'll be in 2022 before you get it. I was like, okay. And I walked out the door and I said, Lord, I'm not waiting that long. I'm going to need it before Thanksgiving when my family comes over. It's important to me. And you know what? Within a couple of weeks, they called me and said, would you like for us to go ahead and deliver your couch? I'm like, okay. And what that told me, there's a move of God releasing delays that have been held up. And I've got two more that just happened this last week. So I ordered, and you, you guys are just, you guys just go ahead and laugh. You can go ahead. I ordered uh, these eyelashes uh, because girls like stuff, right? And uh, I got a notice from it, and it, they're coming from Italy. I'm like, they're like 10 buck eyelashes from Italy. I'm like, okay. And uh, I got a notice on last Wednesday, August 3rd. It says, they are in customs in Italy. <laughs> and I said, you know, Lord, I really wanted those before I went to Jen's. I walked out that afternoon, and they were in my mailbox. <laughs> and I, I screenshotted it because I was like, and, and now they sent me an updated one. It says, customs, August 3rd, St. Petersburg, Florida, delivered August 3rd. You tell me how that works. But I'm telling you that because there's a move of God releasing delays. So where your delay is, you put a demand and say, God, you are releasing delays. I ordered my books. Jen said, are you bringing books? I was like, oh, yes, I forgot. And I ordered my books and they're like, they're not going to get there in time. They won't be there till August 15th. I got them last Thursday. I, told, I just told the Lord, you got to work that out for me. You know, God wants to work it out for us if we entrust him with what we need to work it out. And you would think books, a couch, eyelashes, they are insignificant. It's not about the eyelashes. It's not about the books. It's not about the cash. You know what it's about? It's about what God wants to show you he is doing. Yes. He is showing you that there's a move, and if you just tell him, I need that delay moved right now, he will say, that's exactly what I'm going to do for you. So it is, you know, you're like, well, who tells God what to do? Come on, don't lie to me, guys. I know you do. I do all the time. I'm like, God, I have a great idea. I do. Because he is my friend. He is my God. He is my Savior, and if I can't tell him what I think is a good idea, I tell my husband all the time what I think is a good idea. And he's like, you can always tell when he doesn't think it's a good idea. He does not say one word. He doesn't say, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. He just goes dark. So when God doesn't think it's a good idea, what he does is he shows up in the best way it should turn out. And then I'm like, I could have never figured that out, God. But I know we started with my idea, right? Yeah. We have to realize that God is holy and, and, and we worship him and we, we, are, we have the fear of the Lord. But he is also our father. He is also someone that, that we can tell everything we need, even eyelashes from Italy to go to Milwaukee. And I didn't even wear them. <laughs> but he didn't care. He's like, let me work that out for you. So in these new assignments, he is looking for people who are willing to just be childlike with him and to say yes to what he's given you. So let's just read a little bit. Okay, we're going to look at scripture. So we're going to go to 1 Kings 17. And we spent a lot of time on Elisha this weekend. It's funny because all three of our messages just dovetailed together and we didn't even talk about what we're going to talk about. And tomorrow, all three of us are going to do it at the same time. So expect a flood of the Spirit. Or in some craziness. While Jay jumps up and down on the pews for a while. He'll step on our nerves and I'll just fix it for us. Yeah, he got, he got all the nerve stuff worked out so we could just have fun tonight. So, okay, 1 Kings 17. So, Elisha has had this encounter with the Lord. 
right? And he's, you know, all sad sacked. Have you ever felt discouraged? And you're like, God, this is just not working for me. I can't get this done. I, I know I have felt discouraged before. And I just couldn't see an end to it. So Elijah's like, I'm it. I'm the only one. I'm the only one who's carrying the kingdom mantle. We've all felt that way. And the Lord says to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you there. So God has told Elijah that when he gets there, someone has a provision for him. But what we don't realize is when he gets there, there is no provision for him. So Elijah has to activate the assignment of the widow in order to have the provision that God has for him. And not only is he activating her assignment, but he's activating an anointing in her for multiplication so she'll always have provision for her family. Now think about that. God wants to activate something in you you don't even know you have. And what does she tell Elijah? She goes in, he says, uh, you know, verse 11, it says, well, verse 10, he says, you know, bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. So she goes and gets it. Water's easy. Then he says, uh, bring me a morsel of bread. And she's like, are you kidding me? She says, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. See, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in, prepare it for myself and my sons, so we may eat and die. She had no hope. She had no provision. All she had was a death wish. And Elijah's like, hang on. You know, let's, let's, let's slow that roll. Because God told me you were going to feed me. You're telling me I have no food. So who's the one who's going to provide the provision? God. Because he's already spoke it. Think of your prophetic words. He spoke it to you. Sometimes it looks like there is no way. But if God spoke it, it will happen. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And here's a widow that gets an assignment to not only feed her sons, but to live with full provision for the rest of her life. To be a blessing to her community. Because she's completely self-sufficient. She's gone from a death wish to a life-giving anointing to carry for her community. So think about that assignment. We can look at our circumstances and say, are you kidding me? But that prophetic word says, no, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. I am calling you forth to step in to the anointing I've given you, to the assignment I've given you, and whatever you don't have will be provided for you, even at your own hands that are empty. That's what I want. You know, everything I read in the Bible that God does, I'm like, I want that too. I do. I'm like, I want to walk on water. I've tried that a few times. I don't have that down. I don't quite have that down. But you know what? I'm like, one day I might, you know? Every once in a while, I'm like, how's the water looking today, God? I live near the beach. He's like, it looks good, but <laughs> not, not on top of it. But, you know, one day, one day I'll come and say, you know, I walked on water the other day. I walked on water the other day. So, anyhow, this woman has been activated in an assignment where there's multiplication at the word of the Lord in her hands. Elijah didn't, Elijah didn't pour the oil in the jars. She went and got the jars and collected them from her neighbors. When she stepped in to obedience to what was called out in the prophetic word, the supernatural became her natural. She was able 
to not only save her sons, but be a demonstration of the glory of God to her community. Because they're going to want to know, what happened to those jars I lent you? I thought you guys were going to die. She's like, oh, no. I got money, lots of money, oil and bread, everything I need because I stepped into what God called me to do. So sometimes when God calls us to a new assignment, we have no provision for it. We don't even have a vision for it. We can't even understand what he's saying to us. We have no word for it. We're like, I understand that you're talking to me, but I can't figure out how you're going to get me to where I need to go. And he's like, watch me, follow me, carry your prophetic word. Don't let go of it. Grab a hold of it because I will fulfill what I have spoken over you. And you began to, my, my little message title tonight is we're prophesying our promises. We're going to prophesy life into those promises. We're going to prophesy time into those promises. We're going to prophesy the breath of God into the promises he gave us. I'm going to share one other little story. I've got a couple other things to share. I don't know how much time I have, but y'all just hang on. But um, when my son was 16, I could feel him start pulling away from the Lord. 15, 16, that high school age. He was a basketball player. You know, he was all that and a bag of chips. At that age, we all are. You know, we think we, you know. So he started pulling away from the Lord. And really, there was nothing we could do. I mean, we could make him go to church, but we couldn't make him engage. I mean, he went, he went through the motions, but I knew his heart was pulling away. And, you know, when we have kids, at some point, they have to choose Jesus for themselves. They can be under the parents' covering, but at some point, they got to say, Jesus, I'm ready for you to be mine. So he'd given his life, baptized, the whole nine yards, but I could feel him pulling away. So he goes off to college, and uh, he goes to a, a school in Boston. He plays basketball for him. And it was, it was not good. He was the party animal. Yeah, they even sent him home from school for two weeks because they were like, you got to decide. Did you come to get an education or did you come to party? And, of course, him and his dad, you know, we were mortified. We are like, our son. But, you know, he's a person too. And we prayed and just talked to him and all that. So he goes back to school. He dates a witch while he's up there. But she's a good witch, Mom. I'm like, there ain't no such thing. It's okay, Mom. I'm like, it ain't, it, it's just not okay. But, you know, you can't make them conform to Christ. They have to go on their journey. They have to make that choice. So he goes through this process. Finally, he graduates. They break up. Uh, I'm being ordained by Morningstar the, right after he graduates. So on his way home, he was driving back from Boston. He stops in North Carolina for my ordination. He gets this powerful word about the anointing that God has called him and blah, 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 blah. And I am just like trembling because I'm sitting in the room with him, my husband and I. And I'm like, God, I knew it. I knew it. And at some point, I even wrote him a letter to talk to him about the calling of God and what it meant. And he's like, that's so sweet, Mom. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to slap you now, but it's, it's close. This close. But um, you know, and my husband's like, breathe, baby. I'm like, oh, I'm breathing. Fire. Fire. <laughs> so he comes back home, and, uh, and so he moves in with his friends, and they party on, party on. And uh, I didn't tell you this, but even while he was in college, God would wake me up at 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm praying, and I would text him, and I'd say, where are you, honey? Oh, I'm heading back to the dorm. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh, anyhow, he parties on, and then he starts, he starts going back to church. I'm like, okay, Lord. And he meets somebody, and he starts getting a little serious about her. We meet her, and I'm like, no way. And it, she wasn't the right girl for him. And it wasn't that she wasn't amazing because she was amazing. But you know how you know if it's not right for her, it's not right for him. If it's not right for him, it's not right for her. Well, you, 
he's got to have that. They both have to have that revelation. So we prayed and prayed. My husband prayed. We talked to them both. You know, we, we went through the whole thing. And um, finally, he's like, well, we're pretty serious. I'm like, oh, God would give me dreams about it. And he said, we're pretty serious. I'm like, okay. I said, well, oh, God has an idea. But I didn't tell him God. I said, you know, I said, why don't you guys go to couples counseling? Me and your dad will pay for it, and then that way you'll kind of work out anything that isn't quite working because they'd shared some of the challenges. Within a month, they both knew that they knew that they were meant to be friends and not married. And I'm like, God, that is my God. Because his word says in Isaiah 59, 21, that if we follow God, then our children and our children's children's children will follow God. So that was the word. I declared that over him so many times. I said, God, your word. And I'm asking you to make good on your word. And, um, you know, sometimes I yelled at God, but he, could, he took it. He took it. He was like, it's okay. Just breathe. Like my husband, just breathe. So he ended up leaving the church he was at, and he went to another church. And he called me one day, and he said, Mom, I'm going to ask somebody out. He said, but don't worry. I'm not going to get serious. I said, oh, no, honey. I said, I know you're ready to get married. I know you are. So I've been praying that God would bring that wife in your path so you don't have to go through this labor of trying to date and find that right person. So they go out a couple of times, and they both knew that they knew that they knew, and they got married within six months. When we met her, we were all, my daughter, my husband, we were all like, family, she, we knew. And that's the kind of thing. God is faithful to the prophetic word. He's a pastor now. Him and his wife just moved to Phoenix, and she's going to medical school, and he's got a great pastoral job. And I'm like, God, the, prof the prophetic word that you promised over my son is not falling void. It is alive and active for him. So I don't want anyone to think that wherever their children are or the ones that they are passionate and loved are, are far away from the Lord. You just keep declaring what God has shown you in the word. You keep declaring what you see over their life, their, what their anointing, their assignment. You declare it because God is not going to let go of them until they turn back and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And my son and his wife and his kids are on fire for the Lord. But I knew that I knew through tears and all this, I knew God would be faithful to what he promised, right? So part of our assignments is calling that back in. Okay, so one other, we're going to talk about one other type of assignment. Uh, we talked about the widow getting her assignment and her anointing. We talked about Elijah. He had his assignment to go to the widow. Then Elijah got one more assignment. Well, he got several, but this is just one we're going to point out. He got an assignment to go and get Elisha, anoint Elisha, and to anoint Jehu as king. Well, he went and got Elisha, but he did not go anoint Jehu as king. And so that, that assignment for Jehu was delayed. Sometimes an assignment can be delayed for us, but we have the power to break through that delay in order to activate the assignment that God has given us. And how do we do that? We say, God, if there's a delay in my assignment because someone didn't do what they were supposed to do, I am calling forth that assignment over my life. That I'm not going to be held up by someone else's inability to follow through. That I'm going to move forward in what you've called me to do. And I'm asking you to activate my assignment. Amen? Amen. Because of the delay, it was about 23, 24 years, depending on how you do the math. But because of the delay, Elisha actually sent one of the sons of prophets to do it. And this is what happens when we get invited into an assignment that's going to push us into a place that we're not comfortable so let me just read this a little bit. It's 2 Kings 9, uh, verse 5. So the prophet went out there, and he, when he arrived, there were captains of the army sitting around. So Jehu was, you know, part of the commanding uh, army. And he says, I have a message for you, commander. And Jehu said, for which one of us? And he said, for you, commander. 
Then he arose and went into the house, and he poured oil over his head and said, Thus says the Lord of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophet, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord at the hand of Jezebel. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish. And I will cut off from Ahab all the males in Israel, both bond and free. So think about this. There was already a king. And Jehu was just anointed king. So that's treason. So when he comes out of that anointing, they ask him, oh, what did, what did he want? And you know what he says to him? You know the man and his babble. And they said, a lie. Jehu, you are lying to us. Tell us now what he said. Because when God's putting you in a position where you're about to move someone out of theirs because they are against God and what he wants, then it's going to cost you some courage. You're going to have some boldness that you're going to need. You're going to have to be fearless to bump someone out of their position that has fallen away from the Lord or never was with the Lord in order for the Lord to have you in position to move the kingdom forward. It's scary. I want a little more than that. Come on, Clayton, jump up and down for me. Because when I say that, there's some of you that are going to be called to bump somebody out. Now, God's not going to call you to kill them. Don't, misread the, don't misinterpret the scripture. I'm not going to read the part where he kills them, okay? We're not going to. That is not the anointing. That's not where we're going. But think about it. There's some of you that are called to, to take out the one who carries the injustice against the people of God so that justice can be served. And that will cost you. It will cost you your reputation. It will cost you everything. And Jehu says, I'm going to do it. He said, I have anointed you the king of Israel. And everyone around him, you know, when you get anointed, to be elevated over everyone around you, the people around you will cheer because you're finally stepping into the position that they saw all along. So many times we see it on you before, any, before you see it on yourself. I remember when we started a church, everybody kept saying, you're going to start a church, you're going to start a church. And I kept saying, no, the last job I want is a pastor. I said that out loud. And God's like, the joke's on you. Seriously, and it cost me. And the reason it cost me, because there were people who were stuck in a religious system that turned away from me, that I thought were my friends, I thought they were my supporters, because I became a pastor. It cost me, and it hurt me. It hurt my feelings. I was like, you're my friend. We ate dinner with you. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Not if you're going to do that. But the people that truly have the heart of God for you, that can see the anointing on you, will surround you and override the people who have come against you because God has called you. Is there anyone called to run for office? Okay, just checking. I just heard that across my head. There's people that are going to run for office that didn't expect to run for office because the, the demonic force needs to be unseated so God's person can be seated in this land. So Jehu's job was to destroy the line of Ahab by taking out Jezebel, the most fierce competitor against the people of God the most demonic force against the people of God in that time. That was his job. That was his job. Now, are you ready for that kind of battle? Because when Jehu confronts Jezebel, we were talking about it at lunch. When Jehu 
confronts Jezebel. He doesn't say, I'm going to cut your head off. He doesn't say, come on down here. My men are going to kill you. No. He says, she says to him, is it peace, murderer of my master? So he calls her, him a murderer, a murderer of your master. And then he looked in the window and said, who is on my side? He did not have to lift a finger to take her out. He spoke the word of God. Who is on my side? Who is on my side? And it was the ones who were on his side that took out Jezebel. They actually threw her down, and her blood splattered on the wall and on the horses, and he trampled her underfoot. So with a word, the enemy was completely taken out. Think of the power that you carry. Think of the assignment that you have. And God's not calling us to go into the second heaven and do those second heaven battles like we did 20 years ago. We came out bloody and bruised on those. That was not a good teaching. <laughs> God has called us to live from the third heaven. It says that we live in heavenly places seated in Christ, that we are spirit in heaven we are in the natural in our body on earth, so we are bilocational. So when I see the demonic war, I see it from heavenly places. I see it from the view of God. I see, I'm like, Jesus, what do you want to do about this? Because that is not my battle. It's my assignment to follow his word in order to take out the enemy with a word of God. Right? I remember I had a vision one time, and the Lord showed me a command center. And in the command center, it was walls of TVs, like little TV monitors. And, you know, sometimes he shows us this. It's not literal, right? It, it's it's a, an example so that we can understand, because I could relate to walls of TV. And he showed me that. And what it was is there were all these angelic uh uh, whatever they were, kind of over the command center. And Jesus was behind him, this, this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he was showing me that he has his eye on every demonic force that is coming against us. And he's sending his angelic instructions to us, through us, with the angels, with us, so that we can destroy the works of the enemy. Because it said Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And he is using us and his host and the angelic and whatever else is out there to destroy the works of the enemy. And we have the power in our tongue to break down, to destroy, to cast out every demonic force that is coming against us. We just follow the lead of Jesus, speak what he tells us to speak, and that assignment is one and done. It resurrects because we invite it back in. We re-entertain what we've already gotten rid of. We need to know that when we destroy that work, that we don't need to reprocess it. We don't need to mentally go through it. We just need to live from that spiritual realm and say, God, the work is done according to your word. My assignment is complete. Whew. I know. I'm like yelling. I sound like him. I'm not going to jump on the chair tonight, you know. I got my high heels on you. It's, it makes it a little harder. If I'd wear my flip-flops, we might be okay. But, but really, the assignment of the Lord is on us right now. And he's going to move some of you into a Jehu position. How many feel like they are called to be a Jehu? Yes, amen. 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 So there's a Jehu anointing. How many feel like they're called to be a widow who can multiply at the word of the Lord what is in their hands and not only provide for their family, but provide for their community? Yes. Amen. Amen. The other big assignment right now is happening is worshipers. And I'm not talking about the worship team. I'm talking about the worshipers of God. And what is happening, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but have you noticed that, 
you know, 10 years ago, almost every song we sang was about us. I want to be more like you. You know, I, whatever it is. You know, it was all about us. Well, the shift has happened. And the worship songs that are coming out now are all about Jesus. And what's happening is it has moved from healing us into an identity because we have gone through 20 years of trying to figure out that we are children of God, that we are kings and priests. We, we went through a season because we were taught that we were unworthy. We were taught that only pastors, priests, and people with a church title could have any knowledge, relationship, wonder of who God was who God is. I mean, we were taught that. I was taught that. Maybe y'all weren't, but I was taught that. We were taught if you didn't run a church, then you didn't have the level of a relationship that was available to the pastor. So we had to go through a breaking off of that. We had to go through a renewal. If you notice, all the books that came out 20 years ago, the last 10, 20 years have been about, you know, uh, uh, royalty and, and understanding our identity and all those things because we weren't taught that. And now we've shifted out of that season and now it's about glory. It's about the king. It's about worship where we can't even breathe because the presence of God is so strong because we've moved out of the neediness of us into the wonder of him. So there is a worship assignment coming to all. There is a worship assignment. Because as we read that scripture in 2 Chronicles 20, that when we praise and when we worship, God goes out and ambushes the enemy for us. Our weapon is worship. Our weapon is worship in the word. Our weapon is worship and the word and obedience in what he's calling us to do. Whether we're Jehus, whether we're widows. We carry the assignment right now where that's going to shift what is happening in this world. I just interviewed, I don't know if you guys know who Troy Brewer is. Uh, he's out of Dallas and I just interviewed him and they have, uh, they do a lot of trafficking rescue, especially in pornography, those type of things. And they have it in Texas, they have it in Colombia, they have it in Brazil, they have it in quite a few places. And he was telling me the story that he uh, had a dream when he was staying in Florida, and the dream was, you have to go to Colombia and, and see the person they just rescued, little girl, nine years old, sex trade, nine years old. That, that to me is just, makes me want to throw up. I just, I have a daughter, I just, yeah, it's beyond, I can't even think of it. It's beyond, beyond. So they have rescued her. She's been there about a month, and she hasn't spoken a word. Mute, completely mute. And anytime anybody gets near her, she screams. And uh, he goes down, he said, him and his wife prayed about it, and she said, yeah, I think you need to go. So he gets on a plane, and he goes. He goes down, and he sees her, and he knows who she is as soon as he walks in the room. And he sees her across the room, and he looks at her, and he says, Papa, Troy loves you. He didn't say God loves you because there's no, there's no understanding of that. He said, Papa, Troy loves you. She looks at the ground. She looks at him. She looks at the ground. She looks at him. And she takes off running into his arms. That assignment was for a moment in order for her to be broken free from the trafficking and the trauma that had happened to her. And he said that he just held her in his arms and he started praying over her and just releasing the love of Jesus over him. And he whispered, you can talk now. And she got down and she started talking and she kept talking and she hasn't quit talking. And in that moment of assignment, that moment, he said yes to set that girl free, opened up, gave her a voice. And, you know, I don't have that assignment. I'm not running to Columbia. But in a dream, he got that. What is God speaking to you? 
It may be a shift in jobs. It may just be a shift in a moment in a day that's going to open up the door for somebody else to be free, to experience the love of God like they've never experienced. And you're not going to take the Bible. And he couldn't say, God loves you, because she had no parameters for that. But he, she saw him. She knew that he was safe. Sometimes God's just going to send you to someone because they can look at you and know you are safe. And so you have that moment of time, five minutes, ten minutes, two hours, three days, a month, I don't know. But we got to say yes to these new assignments. We've got to say, God, whatever that assignment is, whether it's a life-changing assignment where you're going to move me somewhere, whether it's a momentary assignment where I'm just going to speak life into someone, God, use me in these new assignments. Speak that prophetic word over me and let me go. And let me take the prophetic words you've given me and begin to prophesy them over me. Prophesy them over my family. Prophesy them over my children and my grandchildren. What is your vision for your family? What is the word God's given you for your family? My word is my family's going to serve the Lord day and night, day and night. But I've had to fight for that. You think, oh, a pastor's kid, you know, they're going to be like, oh, oh, no. There ain't nothing perfect to a pastor's kid, just like there's nothing perfect to nobody's kids. But we have to look and say, God, what is their anointing? Let me prophesy that into them. God, what is their, what is their call? Let me prophesy. God, where is the enemy found in entry? Let me cut that off. I'm cutting it off at the head so it will not have any bearing on my family. And I will battle until they have the revelation that God has set them free. And I'm not letting go until it's done. That's what I told the Lord. I'm not letting go until it's done. And I've done that over healing. I've done it over all kinds of things. God's healed me of so many things. I had a, a, a autoimmune disease. And uh, I just told the Lord, this is not working for me. It, it's not. And your word says that by your stripes, I am healed. And I contended for that for a long time. It wasn't like I said it one day and the next day, oh, it's all good. No, but I told the Lord, I am not letting go until you do it. And I'm mad about it. And I'm mad about it. So I'm not letting go. I'm not going to get unmad until I'm free. And he did it. I woke up one morning and Jesus said to me, you are healed. I said, can I quit taking my medicine? And I was on a very, very high dose that I took every day. And he said, yes. I said, okay, done. And then I got scared. I quit taking it. And then these little symptoms started like in my ear. And I was like, well, maybe I need to, maybe I need to. And I was like, so I had to fight the demonic attack against my mind over the healing that God did in my body. It's a war. But God says we will win that war. And we are fighting until we get that one. And I know I've told you the story, but I want to tell you one more time. I went to, I had severe migraines for a long time, and I was going to Africa. And I had a migraine on the plane, and that's a long flight long flight. And I just told the Lord, I said, I cannot go to a country I've never been to, speak to a bunch of people in a leadership business ministry and a government meeting that when I got there, I realized that they don't actually do women. They thought I was somebody's secretary. I'm like, I can be. It doesn't bother me. You can think whatever you want. But then when they realized I was one of the speakers, they were like, now what do we do? I'm like, well, but, um, and I told the Lord, I said, I can't have a migraine there. I'm already stressed out. Of, you know, I'm just a little nervous. I've never been there. And uh, it went away. I took my migraine pill. It went away. But it was months before I realized that I didn't have another migraine. And just, but I didn't even know I'd been healed till months later. So sometimes God's done the work and we don't even realize it till we miss it and realize, hey, that's gone. All of that to say, it's God's looking for your yes. God is looking for your yes. And I know you're here on a Saturday night where you could be home, eating popcorn, laying on the couch, because that's what I would probably be doing. You're here on a Saturday night because you've given him your yes. And we're going to release assignments. We're going to pray assignments over you. We're going to pray over all of you if you want it. Uh, if you don't want it, we're going to pray over you anyhow. Like You remember that voluntold 
You know, we're just, we're going we're gonna to do, as I told my kids, we're going to do what's best for you, whether you realize that's what's best for you or not, right? No, I'm just teasing. There's no forced prayer. But, but I'm telling you, you're here because you've come for something. And this weekend has been this momentum of build, 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 build. And this is going to be like the icing on the cake. And whew, God is going to do some things. But are you going to do but so that's what we're going to do. So get ready. If you already know what your assignment is, be ready for God to move it to the next level. If you don't know what it is, be ready for God to deposit it in you and give you an action plan just like the widow. Just go get the jars and the oil will continue. Everything will multiply until it's time where you have the full provision for the next place God is taking you. Amen.